The Longhorn Confidential Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by our neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. Hello, Texas fans. This is the Longhorn Confidential for Wednesday, March 18th. I'm Danny Davis, the Austin American Statesman. Mike Cravens to my left. Say hello to the people, Mike. Hello, everybody. Kind of a different tone to this podcast, as I'm sure you would expect if you were tuning in and you haven't been living under a rock, but um, for the past week or so. But obviously, the coronavirus outbreak is the story of the land, story of the news page, business page, sports page. It's the story of pretty much everything except for the comment section in our in our newspaper. And, you know, sports-wide, it's led to the mass cancellations of pretty much anything that's unimaginable. NBA and NHL, they're on a break. MLB start, the start of the MLB season, pushed back. I mean, that even happened until May, June, uh, maybe even July. NFL free agencies, that's that's underway, but we don't really know what's going to happen with the draft or how that's going to impact the NFL schedule. And even you know, with free agency, I mean, some of those people can't even do physicals and stuff. Some of those signings can't be can't be announced. Um, last week, uh, I was in Kansas City with Brian Davis, getting ready to cover some Big 12 basketball, um, the tournament up there, and that got called off on Thursday. That same day, the NCAA was like, yeah, March Madness. It's not going to happen. All your spring championships, you know, the College World Series, the NCAA Outdoor Track Championship, was supposed, was supposed to happen in Austin. That's not going to happen. Day later, Big 12's like, rest of this, rest of the sports schedule essentially called off. And then spring football is still technically on. Um, we're recording this at 11 on Wednesday. I would imagine even by the time you hear this or in the next couple of days, that's probably going to get called off because Texas yesterday said, Essentially, if there's a event on campus that's more than ten people, it's not going to happen. And spring football, spring practice, obviously, that's more than ten people. So I'd imagine I think that um, bans until May first. So I think uh, spring football is probably soon on the chopping block. But you know, Mike, to start off, what's just kind of your overall reaction to everything that's kind of happened in the news? You know, there's really not many jokes to be had um, about this topic, but just kind of overall um, reactions to this. Yeah, I, I think my overall reaction is it really shows how lucky we are to have sports and how that can be put on the back burner really quickly when life is at stake. And, you know, there's so many unknowns about uh, this virus and how it impacts people and how it spreads that I'm glad that they're erring on the side of caution with these things. Maybe in a year or two we look back and are like, oh, remember how everybody overreacted and canceled all this stuff? But I'd rather that be the situation then you know it get really out of hand where a bunch of college athletes a bunch of college students everybody's spreading it around we know uh how that happens in college so i i just i don't know for me i think caution is is the best approach and you know we all have to figure out something else to do with our our hobby time let's assume for the sake of argument that spring football gets canceled and that is it is called off how much would you say that hurts these early enrollees, these youngsters that showed up to Texas a semester early, got ready, done with their high school stuff? You talked a lot to them um, in this 2020 recruiting cycle. How much does that hurt their development, that they're not going to get that, not only the spring game, but spring practices? They're going to lose those off-season workouts with the Yancey tonight, which is going to help them bulk out, bulk up. How much does that hurt those guys' development? Yeah, I believe it's huge. You know, one of the reasons early enrollment has grown so much is you want to get that jump start. These kids, especially the ones recruited at a really high level, like the ones that come to 
programs like Texas, they want to play. Now that always doesn't that doesn't always happen right away, but the plan is to come in as a freshman and contribute. And so guys like Xavier Alford, Vernon Broughton, uh, those dudes are definitely going to, you know, lose a little bit of that advantage they had on the rest of their classmates. Because by the time fall comes around, they're going to be on an even playing field. You know, a lot of those guys are probably back home right now, you know, doing, you know, back, um, you know, with their high school friends who were also off from school or living back at, at home. And so, yeah, you don't get the, the same weight room time. You're not going to get the practices. And, and that's going to probably help teams that are more experienced. And it's definitely going to hurt players that are trying to come in and, and play right away. This doesn't apply to football, but one of the more interesting um, tidbits is the wrong word. I know, I know, but um, one of the more interesting things that came out of last week was the proposal, which has not been accepted yet, and there's a lot of stuff that needs to be ironed out with this proposal. That the athletes, some of the athletes that participated in spring sports that lost was essentially an entire season, would get that year of eligibility back. Um, so, you know, Miranda Ellish the great softball pitcher she's a senior this year technically she should be done with her time in texas but if this proposal is accepted she'd be able to come back and she's announced on instagram perhaps a little prematurely that that is what she wants to do she wants to come back and pitch at texas again in 2021 which if the ncaa allows her would put her back in the burn orange what are you what's kind of your opinion on this because i i think that on the surface you look at it and you're like that's awesome. You know, these seniors got something taken away from them through no fault of their own. You know, they'll get a chance to, you know, come back and finish out strongly. However, it's not that easy. There are scholarship limits, especially in these spring sports. There are freshmen coming in that were signed with the, you know, with their vision on playing time next year. And all of a sudden, that's a log jam on these rosters. And, you know, college is only supposed to last for so long. And, you know, at some point, these, uh, kids are going to have to graduate and grow up and go on and you know move on to the real world and being a college athlete is hard and it's a lot of time a lot of effort you know these scholarships for these spring sports most of them are partial and so that means if they're coming back they're going to be having to pay for pay their own way and that's another year of financial responsibilities for their families and for them uh, whether it's student loans or their their families are paying for it so what's just kind of your is that fair or foul, um, for lack of a more sensitive way of putting it? Do you do you think that's a good idea to let these, you know, perhaps seniors come back next year and finish what was taken from them, or should everyone just kind of say that's a tough break and let's uh, let's let's just move on? You know, I, first, I don't think there's a perfect way to handle any of this. You know, this is unprecedented. You know, for the mo- I mean, I can't think of anything like this that's happened, and so. Yeah, I would hope the NCAA shows some common sense and flexibility, but as we've seen, as following as sports fans our whole lives, that's not, you know, always true. And there's a lot of lot of stuff to unpack here, right? Like you said, do you even want to come back? You know, unless you're in a money making sport, like you said, you got to pay for half of your stuff. So, you know, I, I hope the NCAA and teams allow, you know, uh, you know, one year kind of you get to pick if you want to or if you don't want to and, you know, extend the scholarship limit for a year. Um, and so I, I think there's some common sense ways to, to do this and go about it. But it is going to be interesting to see how it happens, because as we know, the NCAA doesn't always, you know, kind of follow, you know, what would make sense to me. And I just think it should be up 
like always, I think it should be up to the players on if they want to come back and if not. And if they do want to come back, I believe that their scholarship should be there and their spots on their team should be there. And then it does become difficult for the freshmen because say you signed out of high school thinking that pitcher from Texas is gone. And in softball, you really only need one pitcher. Now all of a sudden you're at Texas and you got to sit a whole year or something like that. So uh, I don't think we'd see something where they let players out of their national letters of intents for this kind of stuff. But it's hard for me to imagine taking away a senior year from college athletes, many of which who, like you said, are going into the real world and never playing sports again. Just seems like such a hard way to have your athletic career come to an end, right in the middle of what is supposed to be, you know, your best and finest and, and most uh, memorable year of your life. Yeah, these seniors are going to have some interesting. Um, assuming this thing gets accepted, they're going to have some interesting decisions to make because, yeah. you know, like we said, there's financial implications, there's real world implications. Um, you know, it could be you know these. They, they look around at the landscape and say in a couple of months that there's not going to be a lot of jobs available because, you know, the economy is kind of a little wacky right now with um, everyone being out of work and, um, you know, um, working from home these last couple of months. And who knows what the world's going to look like in a little bit. So, you know, I, I hope that the seniors take some time and don't make just an emotional decision um, on this. I hope that regardless of what they decide that that decision is respected and that Texas is able to, if a senior chooses that they've had enough or that it's time to move on, that they find a way to somehow honor these people. Because, you know, senior day, you know, we always kind of roll our eyes at, you know, high school senior days and stuff like that because, you know, the presentations are long and it's it's kind of a hassle if you're, if you're working. But, you know, these mean a lot to their, these kids and their families. And, you know, that something as simple as that was taken from these ki- these these seniors and I hope that if they do, if the seniors choose not to come back, the Texas can find a way to honor them, or whether it's you know having them come back for one day next year uh, before a game or something like that. And I mean, Texas is going to have to do a lot of scheduling. You know, Cat Osterman's number was supposed to be retired this uh, spring, the twenty fifth of March. Uh, Houston Street's number was supposed to be retired uh, so at some point this season during the baseball season. So I mean, Texas is going to have to do a lot of rescheduling with some of its honor honoring. So hopefully, they can find some room for some of those seniors um and yeah I, I i think i think the winter sports is a completely different um discussion i think that's just kind of a tough break for those for those right. seniors i don't think you can give back an entire year um because those guys missed out on what was essentially two or three weeks but right. the spring spring for sports, a lot of teams that wouldn't have even yeah, had a season extended spring sports is a tough is a tough break yeah, I, I think the key here is going to be forcing colleges to honor those scholarships coming back and stuff. Is because you don't. This is what I fear happens, right? Because recruiting works this way: you recruit to replace. Oh yeah. And so, so my coaches may not want all the right. Seniors to and come that's back. the thing we're not talking about is like you know you, you recruited this awesome shortstop. You thought he was going to have a space to fill next year. And now you have you know a shortstop who's good, who's wanting to come back. You know. And you could think to yourself, well, maybe we don't need, you know, that shortstop or whatever. And that that is what has to be stopped by the NCA. Like, if you are going to allow these people to come back and, and have an extra year, the ones who choose to must have their home there waiting for them if if they need to. And if the NCA needs to step in and Robin Hood some schools that can't pay for that stuff. There is plenty of money to to go around to help for one year. Yeah. 
let's move on to recruiting um, since this is a recruiting podcast. Um, in addition to the cancellations of games, um, the Big 12 essentially took the coaches off the road when it came to recruiting. Um, Off-campus recruiting is has been suspended on campus, obviously, um, with no one really allowed on campus. Can't really recruit on campus or have visits and stuff like that. So how does Texas recruit over the next couple of months? Because I'm sure uh, they're not um, just twiddling their thumbs, the coaches and stuff like that. I mean, are we getting lots of phone calls, lots of DMs? Is this one of those things where we've talked a lot about the commits do a lot of recruiting, that the coaches are like, hey, guys, we need you to – hit up your friends and the guys that we that we're targeting we need you guys to do a lot of the dirty work for us what does recruiting look like during this work from home uh, era of, of the of the calendar it's not on pause but it's it's most definitely in slow motion right now because you know recruits aren't going to make many decisions without taking visits and getting on campus and all that kind of stuff and so there will be a lot of commitments that would have happened march april may That'll probably bleed into the summer, even the football season, Um, because these guys who, you know, were planning to get around during spring practices and go watch all these teams and programs simply can't. And so the way the college coaches are recruiting right right now is a beautiful thing called FaceTime. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of lot of old coaches are are having to get used to to what FaceTime is, Skype, you know, all of those kind of ways to where you you can get in front of a player, get in front of his family. And still see them, you know, because, you know, eye-to-eye contact's better than text messages. But the, the, here's the, the funny little secret is recruits prefer text messages and DMs. You know, they don't – think everybody out here who's, who's listening who has a teenage kid, how often they like to talk on the phone? Hell, even if you have, like, a college-age kid, how often do they like to talk on the phone? You know, most I'm of 34 it, and I don't like talking right, on the phone. Right. I mean, most we – have, we have moved uh, to a world of written communication, and so – uh, for a lot of that stuff, I don't. I don't think it changes. I, I just think you're going to have a lot more uh, pressure on the recruits to to take FaceTime instead of, you know, answering 50 text messages a day from different coaches. You're going to have your position coach at 20 schools trying to get you on a FaceTime and and that kind of stuff. And so it's going to be a hustle uh, for the college coaches. And I, I think the biggest uh, thing to take away from this is the ability to go to campuses and watch spring football for the college coaches at the high school level. Like, not so much the high school kids getting to come to Texas and getting the pictures and getting to see the stadiums. Because for the most part, the major prospects Texas has on their radar have already at least been to Austin for something at this point. So the big thing is for this new coaching staff not being able to go on the road during spring evaluation period and watch spring practice at high schools and find some guys that maybe the old staff didn't think fit, but now would fit or had blossomed. You know that that is going to be uh, the major hit on the recruiting cycle. So if I'm reading between the lines, and I was to ask you, do you expect, as opposed to maybe the last couple of years, more commitments during the spring, the exact same amount or fewer commitments? You would go with fewer commitments and in past past springs. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with fewer just because a lot of those happen while kids are on campus. Even if they don't publicly announce on campus, they, they tell the coaches before they leave. You know, you go and have a great visit, and you're like, okay, coach, I'm going to commit here. I'm just going to get my edit ready, and I'm going to announce on, like, Tuesday or Wednesday. Since you just can't go to the campuses, I'm not saying commitments won't happen because there's kids out there that already know where they want to go. It's just not going to have this that same kind of momentum to build into a commitment 
because you don't go to the campuses and get caught up in that excitement and, and get the coaches to kind of, hey, pull the trigger, pull the trigger, pull the trigger. Kids aren't going to be exposed to that kind of stuff. And so I think they wait until after this, you know, uh, limitations on travel are, are picked up and then they can go uh, see the campuses and, and take their pictures and do all the stuff that, you know, these recruits enjoy doing on the recruiting trail before pulling that trigger. Now, this question may not be able to be answered on March 18th, um, 2020. I know all, Danny. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'll see if I can throw one by you. Um, a lot of the times we hear from, you know, these recruits that they want to have a decision made before they start their senior year on the football field. Um, they don't want to be – they want to focus on the team. Their high school coach wants them focused on the team as opposed to, you know, tweeting out – in looking for love from fan bases, all that stuff. So if this extends for a while and these coaches are not able to go out and recruit and the kids aren't able to come check out campuses, granted, you know, they, they would still be coming for, like, games and stuff like that during mm-hmm. the fall. Would you expect this to impact the numbers we see for the December signing period? That a lot more kids may be like, I am not ready to make an informed decision by whatever you know that third Wednesday in December is, and then I'm going to hold off until February because I didn't get really get started on my recruiting until you know July or whenever this these suspensions are lifted. Um, do you think we might see less signees in December? Uh, this two two part answer for me. One, I hope so, and I think it's up to the adults, the coaches, the parents, the high school coaches uh, to let these kids know that they need more time and to to not rush them in. Uh, to committing, and I, I know the early signing period benefits colleges tremendously because that's two extra months you don't have to babysit your commitments. Uh, but this is a weird year that obviously these kids have been thrown, you know, a curveball so to speak. And I personally would love if the NCAA suspended the early signing period for this calendar year, you know, for this recruiting cycle because you're going to have a lot of kids who feel like they need to make a decision before December in order to have their spots at those colleges who frankly aren't going to be able to take the visits and get the appropriate information they need to make what is the biggest decision of their life to this point. Um, you will see more official visits in the fall, and I, I do think you'll see a lot more kids take those official visits in December and January like we used to see uh, back in the day. Now, some of that depends on how long this goes into the summer. Yeah, um, You know, June, July are big recruiting month. I think Texas got like eight or nine commitments last July. I, I was planning to have the month off, and it just, you know, it was just like every day it felt like a, a kid was committing. So if, you know, come May 1st, the guys can get back on campus and coaches can get back on campus, maybe, you know, the ripple effect isn't that big. But if we get into June and July and, and kids can't still can't do that and coaches still can't do that, I think absolutely it's going to be a longer recruiting period. I, I do think eventually it will be up to the NCAA to simply say no early signing period this year. Everything's going to be in February because we need these players to be able to take their visits. One question I had that we talked about previously was you know, Texas has essentially a whole new coaching staff. Um, I believe the numbers is seven new assistants were hired, including two new coordinators. If these coaches aren't able to go on the road, they aren't, you know, uh, the coaching clinic has, that Texas hosts has been canceled. So you're not going to have, you know, five, six, seven hundred coaches coming to you in April. Mm. I'm assuming a lot of the coaching clinics that are hosted by 
various coaching chapters are going to get called off, so those coaches aren't going to be able to go go out there. And you know, once again, assuming spring ball gets canceled, you know, Texas has done a good job of saying, "Hey, bring your coaching staff out to a practice. You know, we'll yuck it up with you. We'll uh, you know trade war stories, and you guys can sit in on meetings or watch how practice goes." But that's not going to happen, too. You know, is Texas at a disadvantage when it comes to these coaches building those key relationships with high school coaches across the state because there's a chance these guys are not going to see them aside from you know picking up the phone and doing it you know old school and talking to them like uh they used to or since that's going to impact every program is it just kind of just going to be we'll just have to figure it out and restart things once this uh once these restrictions are are lifted yeah i mean i I definitely it hurts every program but the ones who already have existing relationships within the texas high school football ranks are are going to have it better, you know, are going to be impacted less because they can just pick up a phone and call whomever. This was a bad cycle for this to happen to Texas. Now, that doesn't mean the Longhorns can't rebound and can't sign a great class. And in my opinion, most of how good this 2020 class is going to be is based on how well Texas plays early in the in the football season anyway because there's a lot of big-time recruits that are on, you know, that are out there, that are targets, that are interested in Texas, but are really just trying to wait and see if the Longhorns can – you know, finally kind of compete for something. Um, but it can't, it can't help, right? If I'm, if I'm a coach from a different state and I came in here in December and I was ready to get on the road and go meet all these coaches and go meet all these players. And now I have to do it from the phone. That that can't be good. I mean, you and I know as journalists, we get responses and more honesty from people we've sat in front of than we do from people we're just cold calling or email that we've never really dealt with before. And that's true in every walk of life, right? Being able to see somebody touch, you know, shake their hand and like really get to know them helps. And the fact that some of these coaches who don't have much experience recruiting in Texas can't do that, can't host the camps, can't get to, you know, some Texas high school football you know, coaching clinics that they probably would have around the state, I don't think is, you know, catastrophic, but it's not something that was in the plans and it can't, it can't be a good thing, right? If you had asked Herman if this is what he'd prefer, he'd say no. And so, you know, I think there has to be a little bit um, of an issue there, but I don't think it's one uh, that will determine the success of this class. I think the success of this class will be determined by the first six weeks of the college football season. All right, uh, lots of questions that are going to need to be answered over the next um, few months. Unfortunately, we don't have uh, those answers today. I don't know if we'll have them anytime soon, but hopefully what we were able to talk about today was a little enlightening. Um, to be honest, I don't know when we're going to be back um, podcast-wise. Uh, I think we'll check in every single time we can over the next few weeks, but with uh, not a lot of recruiting news, um, there's probably not a lot to to talk about but we will try to um record a new podcast every every once in a while until things get stabilized and but just want to kind of let all of our listeners know that uh maybe not expect a podcast every week because this is kind of uncharted waters and we you know there's we don't have stuff to talk about over at texas there's no sense in us uh talking over here but you don't like our voices that much yeah but you know mike's still hustling over at hook'em.com uh doing his dotted line column every every day during the week this week he's been breaking down the fat 55 it's wednesday today so i think he's looking at recruits 40 through 44 if i am correct so check that out read those words um you know we're, we're 
we're we're still hustling. We're still still riding, trying to find uh, different stories out there for you to enjoy. So um, check back with the website throughout this uh, little yourself, tease. Yourself quarantines. Little tease. Gonna um, after this Fab Fifty Five stuff's done. Gonna do like a commitment series special. You know, so those six guys that are already committed, gonna start try to do some deep dives into their into their stories. So. You know, I think it will allow us to kind of do some different stories than we probably normally would as new, you know, because there's just, we all get lost in the minutia. There's so many things going on that it's hard to take a step back. Um, so I hope everybody in every walk of life doing whatever is able to take a step back, be safe, and just kind of reboot, be close to your loved ones, read some books, you know, just take a little time away from civilization and, you know, hopefully we're we're all better for it on the other end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're still getting paid to write, and so we're still going to write, and statesman.com as well. I'm really proud of the work that yes. um, our colleagues have done over on the news side and on the business side, and our photographers and videographers are out there actually in public, uh, you know, putting themselves, uh, ex- exposing themselves to, you know, all the dangers out there just to make sure that we have a good product. So I would suggest checking out their work, but that's going to be it for us. Um, uh, don't forget to shoot us a review in the Apple Store and, or in the Google Podcast apps. We do appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in this week. The Longhorn Confidential Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. And we will see you whenever. Stay safe, everybody. Peace.